Welcome to The Right Now Show. My name is Zach Day, and on the show, we have real, deep, and unfiltered conversations. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. I thought of one thing, bro. Not the things I did do, but the things I didn't do. If you love yourself enough, then you're going to call yourself out. Don't ever, ever, ever let the false sense of fear interfere with your life. The purpose of this show is to help you gain perspective on life, to help you become more intelligent, and to inspire all the people out there that are complacent with their life right now to get up and actually go for your real dream. So me me and you have been following Kilmer for and Mike and all them for dude since we were like nine. Long real long time. Yeah. Since real like the batter up days. Since you were how old? Probably like nine. <laughs> yeah. We're twenty five now. Maybe not that long. <laughs> no, probably. I wanna say probably <laughs> like the like the like you know middle middle yeah. school age yeah for like 12 13 i mean batter up was like 2011 2012 maybe yeah 2012 2013 yeah, we're 25 so so a good quite like a long 11 time, years man. ago so yeah. we were like middle school probably yeah we watch uh touring's boring you know all the music videos this is wild it's, been a crazy to, it's wild to think about and yeah. i i get a um i get reminded of it quite often these days because the the girl i'm currently dating is 25 She's okay. like a full decade younger than nice, me. Nice. So like we always make jokes or she makes jokes where it's like, you know, she talks about being in middle school and I was like, oh, I was, you know, touring the country and I was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> living a whole separate adult life. It, yeah. How was that life back then? Like when you guys are just touring, going city to city, like uh, how was that? It was, it, was, uh, it was mayhem. It was chaos. It was, <laughs> I called it dark swirling chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was, I love it. It, it was uh, very much living in the moment and uh, sure living Kind of selfishly, but in a fun way, you know. Yeah. Just being young. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't sustainable. Do you like Do you like living back then better or like now better? Oh, now for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Back yeah. then, it's uh, you know, I was kind of living out like a childhood dream, and you know, I yeah, I did it to the fullest, and I had a great time. Right. We all had a great time. Right. Um, but it again, it it wasn't sustainable. We were killing ourselves every day. I mean, yeah, I, literally. I will put my twenties against anyone else's as far as like drink, <laughs> drinking and partying goes. Yeah. Like, there is not another human being that drank more than not even close not even close Damn, bro. Yeah. i was just telling him probably not even an hour before you came i remember in between uh classes at community college i was telling him i'd be sitting down i'd be watching fucking touring's boring <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah. like yeah dude this is this is what i want to do <laughs> we had to we had to retire those videos just hang them up in the rafters and uh, yeah. they're off youtube now for good for yeah. sure yeah. so how did you and mike meet originally um we both kind of uh had similar Similar trajectories in the sense we started in the music industry sort of around the same time. I started a little earlier. Um, yeah. I kind of started right out of college, actually. I went to school right uh, in Long Island, New York. So mm. I was at Hofstra. And uh, when I graduated, I went right to New York City and just mm. like immediately was like, I'm going to work for myself. Nice. And uh, it was it was a struggle in the beginning for sure. But I, I had worked um, my last two years of college kind of freelancing, working with musicians and stuff. So I had my foot in the door. Was it always filmmaking? No, it was uh, it was uh, very much split. It actually was more on the music side of things, more on like the music engineering and producing side of things. And do you still do that today? A uh, lot less, but um, interesting. When I find like the right artists that I like to work with, I will. Okay, but did you, so you did that for Mike. Um, in the beginning, so like the the way I met Mike is I was probably a year out of college. It was like 2011. Mm. I was living in New York City in like a three-bedroom apartment with some friends. Yeah. Uh, my my bedroom was like, I mean, you, you know New York City, like my bedroom was like a 10 foot by 10 foot box. My yeah. bed was on one side. 
my 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 studio desk was on the other side, right. and I would just like roll out of bed every day and just like <laughs> send out emails, make beats, like sure. find drum up business. Oh yeah, I was doing anything. I was like studio time for like twenty five bucks an hour, yeah. send, make it, selling beats for like a hundred bucks a pop. Um, really like anything people needed, photo shoots, music. I mean, music mm-hmm. videos eventually became more popular thing, but in the beginning, I was just doing everything. Right. Uh, so with Mike, I. I like I mentioned, like the last two years of college, I worked with some artists that were like somewhat notable in the area, mm-hmm. or at least in our like genre of music. And um, I used to follow the music blogs back in the day. Uh, one of the big ones was goodmusicallday.com, which my mm. good friend Tim Weber ran. And uh, I used to just like find new artists on there. And if I liked them, I'd reach out, send them an email. And yeah. uh, one of the artists happened to be Mike. He had the song College Crazy. Humor out. And I, I saw College Humor, yeah. Saw College Humor. I saw the video. I was like, all right, like this, this guy's like my speed, you know? Yeah. Like cut from the same cloth. Like I was, I did the whole fraternity thing in college and I was, did, had the whole like male camaraderie thing going. And he was obviously in the sports world and he was yeah. a pitcher for Duke. So I saw that video. I was like, I'm like, all right, like I can, this guy seems like fun guy to work with. Mm-hmm. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah. So uh, I, I reached out. I just kind of like told him who I was and uh, he had heard some of the artists that I'd worked with, sent mm-hmm. him some beats. And then yeah. I think the third song he ever put out was on one of my beats. Crazy. Uh, but then, yeah, so like we, we made that third song together, and then um, we were kicking around ideas for the music video, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I do music videos too. So right. he took a train down to New York from Rhode Island, and uh, we, we shot the video. That was when I met him for the first time, and that the rest is kind of history. What song was that? Uh, it was called, I think it was called Can't Stop Me. It's, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I don't even think it's like... He took a lot. I've of heard the, of it before. He took a lot of the old music down just because you sure. know, yeah. he's he's uh, changed a lot over the years, and I'm, I'm sure uh, some of the early stuff he yeah. he didn't want on the internet anymore. But mm. um, but yeah, that was that was like the third song he ever put out, and then he he had like a really wasn't lucky. He just kind of caught a really nice break based on his backstory of being you know D1 pitcher and mm. the injury and a lot of people being able to relate to it. Yeah, and uh, he started touring like pretty quickly. Sure. So like probably, man, he. He was opening for like a very short time, maybe like six months. We did a handful of shows where he invited me out and I filmed the shows and stuff like that. He was the opener. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like immediately headlining tours yeah. around the country. Crazy, bro. Yeah, you're like the face like behind Mike. Like, I don't know. You think Mike would have blew up if like you weren't like kind of with him on that journey? Yeah, no, he would have. He's yeah. I mean, he's a star. Like, he I, yeah. I see him and like he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing. True. And like that's... And it's so authentic too. That's Exactly. That's the most fun part about it is yeah. like... He, I mean, in the beginning, he saw himself as an athlete, a pitcher, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it it steered his life steered him to be a musician. And I, yeah. I see him doing, and I've seen it for over a decade. And it's like yeah. this is what he's supposed to be doing for sure. He's exactly where he needs to be. So, uh, yeah, he would. Yeah, but he, I think the crazy. I think he may have like signed to a label if he never met you. Uh, you know, because you you kind of replace some of those things that the labels. It's do. hard to say, yeah, because yeah. I I I definitely I always kind of referred to myself as like a. Um, like a creative facilitator just because right. like I, I filled a lot of hats. Sure. I wore a lot of hats back then. Yeah. Uh, where I was, you know, recording a lot of his music and I was shooting the videos and I was going on tour and mm-hmm. I was just helping out with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of artists uh, definitely starting out, like don't have that luxury mm. of having someone to do all those things and they have to kind of pay a lot of money for it or it's just not even, not even possible. So, definitely. so then they do end up signing deals. So it's, exactly. you know, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I want to dive into more your story. Like before you even met Mike, like mm-hmm. what was that journey like? Like who were you? What <laughs> path were you going down in life? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those annoying people that, uh, <laughs> knew exactly what they wanted to do at a young age. Sure. Like, fuck yeah, man. Starting at like 13, maybe 14 years old. Mm. Like I, I fell in love with music and film, like right, right off the bat. Yeah. And I was very fortunate enough. My, my parents stuck me in a private school in my town and uh, I hated it. 
because I was just not that vibe at all. Yeah. Um, I wanted, you know, to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I had long hair, I had an afro, I wore aviators. Like, Yeah, I saw you on uh, <laughs> playing guitar on, the, on one of Mike's concerts. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a different story. But um, <laughs> but starting out, like, you know, right when I entered high school, ninth grade, uh, fell in love with music, playing guitar, fell in love with, uh, we, did, we did a video art class in our school mm-hmm. uh, back when video equipment wasn't super accessible. Yeah. Uh, so it was very uncommon. And uh, I had a class where we just got to make like short films and videos and mm. stuff and edit them and everything. I sure. fucking fell in love with it immediately. Yeah. Like I bought a shitty camera and like my friends and I would go off and make jackass videos and mm. jump off of roofs and set shit on fire. And sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you, man. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's how it all started. And then throughout high school, I was like, I, I really kind of doubled down on all those things. Mm. Like anything academic, like yeah. 2.6 GPA garbage. Dang. All the other stuff like excelled, put all my time into it. Loved sure. it. Me and uh, you both, man. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, you know, I, um, growing up, I had like this young, I had like this young dream of like being, wanting to like live a rock star lifestyle. I was obsessed with rock stars when I was a kid. Mm. I loved classic rock. I loved reading the stories yeah. of, you know, the, Jimi Hendrix, Motley Crue, all that. I looked at mm-hmm. that and I was like, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's funny, like looking forward, you talk about those times throughout my twenties. Like we, we kind of lived that life and I, I wasn't a traditional rock star in that sense, but yeah. I, I very much fell into that lifestyle for a very long time. Yeah. And then uh, eventually I got to the point when you asked me, which one do I like better now or then mm. you fall into a point where you're like, well, that was kind of like a lifestyle that I wanted when I was 15. Yeah. But it's not necessarily what I want now. Right. You know, like priorities change and shit. Yeah. What, what exactly did change? They just grow up, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's kind of nat. I mean, everyone grows up in different times. You know, we. Sure. I'll speak for myself, but I, uh, I grew up late. <laughs> yeah. I lived through just per- perpetual fun and like yeah. wasn't really asking any like inward questions of like what I mm. want, who I want to be, what do I value until I yeah. was well into, you know, 30, 31 years old. Yeah. I know you guys are deep in the spirituality game with, you know, seven spiritual laws and all that. And like the podcast, <laughs> Mike, Mike it's, basically, book, yeah. it's basically just a spiritual <laughs> talk pretty much when you guys get on. Yeah. Um, when did that journey start for you? And was there like kind of like a turning point where like the moment yeah. just flipped and like, yo, like I'm going down this path now? I think the, um, the podcast for us, the YNK podcast mm. was a good catalyst for that because it got us starting to have like, we started having like really meaningful conversations yeah. without even really trying. And maybe it was just a combination of, you know, growing up and getting to an age and kind of like removing ourselves from kind of the wildness where like it was still there, but it was definitely starting to shift. And then um, podcasting started to become popular and we started to win around 2019. Mm. And like some of those early episodes, you know, like we would sit and have Mike and I would just have like these deep talks which we've never had before. Crazy. And uh, and um, he was probably on his own journey and outside mm-hmm. of the podcast was starting to do work on himself on his own. But for me, the podcast was really the, yeah. re- the real like starter of starting to think that way. So what what exactly is your spirituality or faith? Like, how would you explain it? <laughs> um, there's like, a, there's a few things that like I really pay attention to. Um, one is... Uh, it's referred to as dharma, but it's really just like your purpose and sure. like how you use your purpose to help other people. Yeah, uh, I try to like use that as my anchor for the mm-hmm. most part because I think that's what mostly makes me feel the most fulfilled. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like purpose or pleasure, right? Or like purpose yeah. or sin, whatever you want to kind of put in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of people say like whatever you're good at, your skills plus helping people is your purpose. So like, yeah. that's, I try to like stick to that. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I'm fortunate, like I, I, I'm in a position where I can help a lot of people. 
Exactly. I, can, I can help a lot of artists. I can, you know, the podcast we do, you know, mm -hmm. reaches out to a lot of people and it seems to help a lot of people. So does, I'm, yeah. I'm in a position where I could use my skills to help other people. Mm. And uh, I try not to lose sight of that when times get tough. Right. Yeah. Dude, I think it's safe to say, and you can butt in here if you sure, want, but sure. when right around when you guys started the podcast, like 2019, yeah. obviously we were big fans already. And um, that's mm -hmm. when we started to kind of tap in. Mm -hmm. And I think it's safe to say that inspired us as for well sure. to yeah. kind of go down our own mm -hmm. paths. I mean, I've, I've been going through my own thing for years, but he's like, he's really big into it now. And I think, I think it's safe to say it's kind of when it all started because I mean, yeah, it was definitely a catalyst for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, before then we would talk about like meditation and stuff and we're like, yeah, fuck that. Like that's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you really sit down and like the kind of, kind of growing up, kind of not because we're still you're we, still we have our, yeah, yeah, we have our we have our moments, but don't we all? I think uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it was the first time it really allowed us to just kind of like look inward, mm -hmm. you know. And it's, I mean, there's never an end destination, you know. No, it, it's there, a, it's a never-ending never journey. One hundred percent. And um, you guys are you're both Northeast guys. Yeah, you're both from yeah. The, yeah. So it's like that that mentality of the Northeast is very like non-spiritual in my mind. Like mm. it's you grow up thinking like you know d be tough, don't be a pussy. Like it's very right. confrontational and bro, we talk about it all the scene. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Mike's talk from, about it all the Mike's time. Mike's from Rhode Island. I'm from Boston, and it's like okay, yeah. We just kind of grew up with a chip on our shoulder, mm. and it's like yeah. very is the antithesis of like you know what we're talking about now is spirituality and like sure. being vulnerable and asking the right questions. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Like that was definitely like a thing that held me back for sure, and probably held Mike back for a while too. Yeah, and it, it's so funny you say that about like the Northeast and everything because when we talk of like for example this conversation we're having right now about spirituality, if we did this back home. People look at us like we're not. Like, what we do we, like we talk about, bro. Yeah. <laughs> grind, grind, grind. Yeah. Fuck you. All this shit. I'm like, no, man. I'm not about that anymore. You know, know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And then you come down here, like it feels like once you cross a certain threshold of certain states, you get down south, and everyone, everyone's kind of on the same page. You know. Yeah. And, that, and that's how we like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mike interviews all these people like Marcus and Jared Goff and yeah. a bunch of others, and they all have something in common, and they all have something that they're they're striving towards or like a purpose, something that's bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And you kind of look at that, and you're like, that's that's what I need. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so do you believe in God? Like, do you believe in universe? Like, what is like the thing for you? Yeah, I think it's it's all in the same for me. Yeah, like I refer to it as the universe, but right. You can call it God. You can call it really whatever you want, but sure. definitely a higher power. And I like I believe that nothing happens by accident. Everything right. happens for a reason. Um, mm. Everything's always there's always a lesson in front of us, whether good things happen or bad things happen. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of the mindset I have. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the same wavelength as you, but I don't know, dude. How deep were we getting? <laughs> Let's go all the way, dude. I'm gonna go all the way. way. Yeah. I mean, I'm and I'm personally a Christian. Like I've, I, I kind of started down that journey as yeah. far as spirituality. I was, I, was, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, like yeah. the universe. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. But then it led me to Jesus, mm -hmm. and like that's when it really hit hard for me. Yeah. And I don't know if like you relate to that at all, like where you're at with that. A little bit. I've I've I kind of veered a little off like the religious route, I'd say. Sure. But I've gotten heavily spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think all like all the same lessons are there. Yeah. At the end True. of the day. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what path you want to go. Yeah. Um so there's no there's no wrong answer. You know? Sure. Yeah. 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 How um how strict like of a Catholic 
were you because you said you were raised Catholic? I yeah. was. How was was it like pretty strict growing up? Or? Um, not not in church every Sunday, but it, in the sense of like getting baptized, communion, confirmation, like right. all that. And I'm I'm Italian. Like my mother's very Italian. My mm. grandmother's off the boat, so like right. very Roman Catholic. Mm. Do you yeah. feel like at a young age that was almost like forced on you? Oh, for and, sure. And do you think it made you like resent it a little bit, and <laughs> which is why you strayed away? I'm I'm speaking on yeah. my behalf, actually, yeah, no, that's because that's how I feel. That's true of so many things mm-hmm. when we're younger. Like we're yeah. forced to do a lot of things when we're young, yeah. especially yeah. like in the academic world. Like like totally. reading, for example, hated reading until mm-hmm. I was like 26, 27 years old. Right, hated reading. Yep. Then I found books I actually enjoyed. Then I loved reading. I fell in love with it. Now I read all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like religion's kind of one of those things where it's hard to. It's hard to kind of shove it down a kid's throat and make them like it, you know, because it's yeah. it's one of those things where you just have to like let people, you know, accept it when they're ready or yeah. if they ever want it ever, you know. Yeah, yeah, man, that's um, that's something he he questions me on all the time. Uh, where's your faith at? How's it going? Blah blah blah. Because I was raised like straight Catholic, like yeah, going the what the hell was it called? It's called like CCD. I don't know what it stands CCD, for. CCD. Yeah, I went to it too. Yep. yep. And uh, I hated every second of it. I was <laughs> like, this is so like, why am I doing this? I'm ten. I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand any of it. I don't want to do it. I yeah. just want to go hang with the fellas and play games. Yep. And then as I got older for, a, I would probably say for probably four or five years, I was atheist mm-hmm. and now I'm like slowly starting to come back. Yeah. Just part of growing up. But it's like, I don't, even when you ask me questions, I don't have the answers. Like, I just don't know, you mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. kind of feeling it out. And Yeah. Yeah, it's tough when you're younger because you say religion. I wouldn't say I'm religious, okay. right? Because religion's like a set of rules that you have to abide by. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a, about a relationship with God. Yeah, and that's like a totally different thing. Love that. You know, mm-hmm. one could say that relationship with God is the same as the relationship with our inner selves. Mm. To me, that's almost the same thing. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of teachings and a lot of books say like we we are God, we are all God. Mm. You know? Yeah, God's in all of us. Yeah. Yeah, I believe God is in all of us, like the Holy Spirit's in all of us. I don't mm-hmm. think we are God. I think yeah. if we call ourselves gods, I think that's the problem with this day and age. Yeah. No, I you think know what I it's mean? not that we call ourselves gods. Right. It's just kind of like we are all we're all one, like we, one. We are all one of the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where a big issue arises though, because some people look at other people as gods. Like yeah. they almost worship them. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's I think that's where like karma and stuff like that can come around whether it's God or whatever you believe in the universe, like the, you're not supposed to worship people. I don't think. Yeah. Well, the definition of a God is anything that you worship, right? So you can worship alcohol, you can worship marijuana, you can worship a person. For me, it's Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Who is a God, by the way? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) amongst men, hard to argue with, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, is there any like, uh, books or anything like that that kind of really put you down that path? Uh, yeah, so many. Um, yeah, like gotta give my roses to Mike because he he has a lot of sure. great, a lot of great book recs. That guy. Uh, the one I'm currently reading is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Oh yeah, and, I've uh, read part of that. I'm like yeah. in the middle of that now. I'm just a huge fan of it's Michael deep. Singer. Yeah, yeah, Mike Mike got into him first, and then I I started going down. Um, just rabbit holes of Michael Singer videos, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike sent me like a blurb once of like you know him talking for 15, 20 minutes about something and really struck a chord with me and then I just went down a rabbit hole and started listening to everything he has to say and mm-hmm. he, he's just a fascinating guy. Yeah. Yeah. For people listening that at home, um, what advice do you have for people that that want to start that journey? They want to look in that inner self. Like how do they start with that? What are some of the actions that they can take in order to start that journey? Yeah, it can it can be easy, honestly. Like it could be as simple as uh, you know, 
sometimes for me, like I, I kind of not suffer, but like I struggle with loneliness sometimes because mm. I'm living on my own for the first time in a while. Okay. And, uh, my girlfriend gets pissed when I talk about this cause she's around all the time, which I'm very grateful for, but she's yeah. not around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and when she's not around and I'm just home alone, like, yeah. you know, it's the first time I've been alone, living alone for a long time. Um, cause I used to live with Mike for like seven years, you know, mm. him and the guys. And that was kind of my life. And I associated with that a lot. And if you want to like get into it very simply, like YouTube's a great, great tool. You mm. could literally go on YouTube and you know, there were times where I would go on YouTube and say like, how do I, how do I deal with loneliness? You know, how mm. do I, be, how do I become less lonely? And yeah. there, there are so many great, you can call them vloggers or teachers or whatever you want to say like that, make these wonderful videos that, you know, you can find anyone who you relate to sure. and uh, they'll sit there and they'll talk about how they deal with it and mm. what, what works for them. And then now you have someone you can relate to and they're giving you like great information or you could find it on podcasts. You could find it anywhere. Yeah. Really. Uh, there's so many, um, spiritual teachers or you know, spiritual personalities or just like just regular ass people that are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And you can find so much relatability just by going on YouTube and searching for stuff or, or the Y and K podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any right? shameless plugs over here, but yeah. we talk about a lot of these issues. We'll too. be the sponsor for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what's like your favorite podcast episode that kind of goes down that journey? Um, I was, there's a lot of them. I'm sure. Yeah, there's two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had two standout guests that like just blew my balls off. They were so yeah. wild. Um, yeah. the first one was one of like our first episodes. It was like episode two or three or four or five. Yeah. It was with, um, the football player, James Conner, mm. who, uh, Oh man. Yeah. And yeah. He, he just has like the, the wildest backstory. Like, you know, a lot of our guests, you know, we talk about like the obstacles they had to go through to get to where they are today. And mm. that man has gone through so many like life-threatening obstacles to get to where he is. Sure. Um, I, I'm not going to do the story justice. I would just re- recommend going mm, to watch it. Definitely. But I mean, he, you know, he had leukemia when he was in college and he, he had this battle leukemia while he was in the middle of about to get drafted mm. and he, he beat it, Sure, <laughs> gets drafted, not as high as he should have been, but still gets drafted. Then like suffers all these injuries trying to like, you know, start in the NFL. Yeah. And then that whole thing with, uh, I forget his name, the running back on the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers that like just didn't like show up to practice. Uh, Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. like that whole thing happened, and then he ended up you know getting the starting spot. Wow, he did amazing job, like mm. crushed it, and you know then since then has had a very illustrious career in the yeah. NFL. But and I'm I'm paraphrasing like crazy. Like there was so much more to that story. Oh, that yeah. I'm oh yeah. So like I recommend seeing it. But like Definitely. like sitting there in the room and yeah. like watching him talk about it. So like so powerful. Get lost in the moment, and you, you just get you get so much perspective of like mm. wow, like he had to go through all that to, yeah. to reach his goal. Like I didn't have to go through anything like that. Mm. Um, so it puts a lot of your own issues in perspective. And then the second episode is uh, when we had Larry King on the show. Oh yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, that was awesome. Which just like out of out of nowhere, just dumb luck. You know, Larry King's yeah. sons are were just fans of Mike, and they ran into him out in L.A. somewhere. And uh, they were very kind enough to mm. ask Larry to come onto the show. And he came over to our house and he was suffering from uh, health issues at the time. He mm. showed up in a wheelchair and he, he graced us with 45 minutes of his time and talked to us. And again, I got to sit there and have this out of body experience where I'm just like looking at yeah. Larry King talking to one of my best friends that I work with. <laughs> and I'm just like producing this interview, like right. literally like this enormous interview like biggest of my career by far. Yeah, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we executed. We, we, we executed. I know, yeah. Mike, Mike did a, a tremendous job with that interview. And, For sure. Uh, came out great. And uh, just sit, sitting there listening to someone who's been living his dream for God, probably 50, 60 years. 
um, and all the life lessons that he had to give out, mm. um, especially someone who, you know, he, he didn't have much time left at, at that point. Uh, that was, yeah, one man, of, he died a couple of months after that. He right? did. And it, yeah. was, it was probably one of his last interviews, honestly, yeah. very sad, but, um, but to sit there and, and listen to someone in his position, talk about his whole life story and all the lessons that he had to give out, like, I, mm. I, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Mm, was, yeah. It was amazing. That was, yeah. yeah. Catalog Cabin, dude, at the end, that <laughs> such a sleeper too. Yeah. I yeah. love that song. Man. Yeah. Yeah. With the Larry quote there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, what it, is that quote? That, yeah. What, like, uh, don't fear change. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm. So yeah. like looking back on all the moments you had with, uh, you know, from the touring's boring days all the way up to the present day, what's like your favorite moment that you've had with, uh, you know, as far as like touring with Mike? Touring wise, um, yeah, it's, I don't know if there, there's, there's a few moments that stand out that you know, I can still see in my mind. Um, I kind of mentioned how, you know, at a young age, I, I loved music and film, loved playing guitar, loved the whole like rock star thing. Mm. Um, and there were some tours or a lot of them actually were like, I'd, I'd come on stage and play the national anthem on the guitar. Dude, I fucking yeah. remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. I remember you'd come out with like an American flag. Fucking, Onesie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy is, this is America. Yeah. Like, th like this is what it's about, dude. America, we need baby. more people like this. It means, it means more to me than you know. <laughs> I love it, man. Believe me. So yeah. I, like there were moments where I, I got to come out and play the national anthem and like just, just me and the guitar and you know, a crowd and just, just rip it for like two, three minutes. And then I run off stage, Mike comes on and then mm. I follow behind him with a camera. Yeah. Like <laughs> back to back, baby. Back to yeah. back, like could not be living more my dream, mm. <laughs> you know? That's and, so sick. And bro. there were, there were shows where, especially like hometown shows when like we sold out uh, Boston house of blues for the first time, mm -hmm. like, you know, 2,500 people. Sure. I think this was around 2014 where like, like, like you said, with the American flag onesie, I just like run out there with my guitar seeing, you know, my family's there mm. at like all my friends from hometown are there, like 2,500 people there oh, yeah. just like going nuts. And I get to just live my dream and, and do what I'm here, what I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. So sick. And well, uh, it's, it's beautiful. While that was, while you were doing all that, I know it was probably nonstop, but while all that was happening, you know, you're on stage filming Mike, whatever. Did you ever have just like a moment where you were like, like, this is what I dreamed about? No. No. <laughs> that was, see, this is the issue about the way we lived our lives back then. Like, Understandable. We were kind of living in the moment, but we were not present. We right. were not appreciating the moments that were in front of us mm. as much as we should have anyways. We yeah. were just about like, let's go to the city. Let's drink as much as humanly possible. Like, yeah. let's have this after party. Let's make sure these girls are there. Like, let's do this. Let's mm -hmm. go here. And then like get on the bus and then next day, same thing. Like right. who, who's here? Who's coming to the show? Who's coming yeah. backstage? Like it, it never ended. It was just like a mm -hmm. perpetual cycle of just chaos. Right. And there was never a moment. And like, I, I wish there were moments where I could yeah. go out on stage like that and just like really take a deep breath and mm. take it all in. Um, but for me, like, you know, I, I didn't live my life that way. And that was kind of the downside to it all. Yeah. I, I appreciate the honesty though, man. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people would kind of sugarcoat it. Honestly, I feel like they no, would. Yeah, Mike, but. Mike will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah, and that's what he loves about touring now is he, you know, he he barely drinks anymore, and he'll yeah. go out on stage and he'll like actually take it in and appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, and it's definitely a whole more. different vibe. But it's it's you would you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference though. Like in my opinion, because we've we've been to both sides of like a Mike show. Yeah, and they were both equally great. Oh no, we had, yeah, we yeah. we had a good time, and it's not like we were. 
in a way, like we sort of took it for granted, but not really. Like we weren't, it's not that we were taking it for granted. We just weren't appreciating it yeah. as much as we should have. You yeah. weren't living in the right now. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we call this podcast the right now show. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does the present moment mean to you? Like, and how, how do you tap into that present moment? Oh, to see, this is the untethered soul, which I'm reading right now. It's 100%. Like, this is what I'm really trying to figure out because yeah. I, I, I struggle living in the moment and I struggle with, um, anxiety and worrying about shit that I shouldn't be and mm -hmm. letting, letting things consume my mind that shouldn't consume my mind. And, uh, it's just an ongoing thing. I think a lot of people struggle with that. 100%. It's, it's Absolutely. the majority I'd say. Yeah. And, uh, the untethered soul talks about, you know, how you are not your thoughts and you have a consciousness and your consciousness recognizes your thoughts and your heartache and all the bad things and good things that happen to you. And the goal is to just like process it, feel however you're going to feel and then let it go. Let it flow through. Yeah. You. Not letting Instead it, of trying to hold it in. not letting it consume you or become yeah. a part of you. And then even worse, like projecting it back out into the world and infecting other people with that. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things I've had to work on, but yeah. it's, um, you know, forcing yourself to have positive input and listening to books like that or any type of teachers or anything. It's a game changer, man. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's almost like brainwashing yourself in a positive way. Yeah. It's, that's, literally. that's what I keep trying to do, yeah. you know, on the car here, untethered soul, like listening all the way here, mm. like just, even if I'm not fully paying attention, like I know it's getting in there. For sure. Yeah. yeah Cause anxiety and anticipating the future and looking back in the past, like yeah. that's not in this present moment. And I think God only exists in this present moment too. hundred percent. So when you stay present, man, like that's where every, that's where all the good stuff's at. Yeah. 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 And I, I've, I've, for me personally, I've made really good progress with the majority of my life in that department. But as far as like relationships go, I struggle bad. Mm, I struggle yeah. really bad. It's like when I, when I have a counterpart that I like really care for, I like get very consumed with like when we're apart, what are they doing? What are they up to? Yeah. I wonder if they're doing this or why didn't I get a text? Why am I not? Like, it's just, oh, yeah. it's just a never ending yeah. cycle. And it's, it's really hard to let go of that type of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Cause you can't identify with your thoughts and your emotions. Yeah. And that's so hard. To and let then it go puts of. you on a shit vibe. And then when you're with that person, you're on a shitty vibe because you're overthinking shit. And then, then yeah. that's what, that, that's what ends up pushing them away in your own, you are your own worst enemy in that, in that scenario. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. That's, that's what I've been struggling with, but working on. Have you found any like techniques or strategies to kind of like <laughs> just let it flow through? Um, Obviously you're aware of it now and that's the first step. Self-awareness is the first step. Yeah. Yeah. And self-awareness is like a, it's a huge, huge pain in the ass because yeah. once you become self-aware, then you start to become hard on yourself. Mm. You're like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this again. Oh my, like, yeah. like I can't believe I'm doing this again. And you start to really keep tally and inventory of all like the, the wrong things that you're doing. But that is the first step is, is yeah. like actually knowing what you're doing. I relate to this a lot because you, you become self-aware and then there's kind of like this period where because you're self-aware, you kind of go down this like dark journey before you get to go back up again because <laughs> yeah. you're self-aware and you kind of beat yourself up about it. Yeah. And you kind of have to do that for a while and then you can start going up again. Yeah. You yeah. realize you're like, you're a lot more fucked up than you thought you were. <laughs> and like I, with, again, yeah. again, with me, like relationships really bring out like a lot of my inner turmoil and, yeah. and insecurities, mm -hmm. like it really brings them out. Yeah. Uh, it used to be through work, like work used to bring me lots of anxiety and that's the entrepreneurial life and working mm -hmm. for yourself. And I, I think I got over that hump and I'm in a comfortable place there, but relationships, like that's, that's my Everest. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> once I tackle that, I'm like, I, I don't know if I ever will, but yeah. So yeah. what are you looking for now? Are you looking for a wife or? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm 35 and, yeah. uh, you know, the, my group, my current girlfriend, I'm, I, I make it very clear. I'm like 35, like, you know, I'm looking for something serious. Like, sure. yeah, I try to make it pretty clear. Like, you know, if, if, if that's not something you're looking for, then let's, let's not do it. Mm. But she's still sticking around. So. Kids. 
Oh yeah, I definitely want kids. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. So yeah. I mean, you've done all these different things. I mean, you've toured the country. Um, you've got to play on stage, make music videos. Mm-hmm. What's like the dream right now? My current dream? Yeah. <sighs> it's going back to purpose, man. Like yeah. if you were to ask me 10 years ago, I would name all these accolades like, oh, I want to win a Grammy. I want to win an Academy Award. I want to work with this artist. Mm-hmm. I want to make this much money. I want to live in this house. Yeah. Uh, now it's it's strictly making sure I continue to live my purpose and help other people. That's it. What's your purpose? Um, my purpose is using my skill set, which to this day is um, I've been very helpful to artists, specifically independent artists. Mm. And I found, I found many ways to become useful to artists like that who like to, or who want to have a career similar to Mike's where he doesn't sign to a label and does, does things on his own and becomes mm. self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, I, I can be very helpful to those type of people cause I've, I look back and I've been in this industry now for almost 15 years and I've, I've got to work alongside, you know, one of the best artists ever and watch, not just watch, but participate and help, um, you know, achieve that goal of becoming very successful at an independent level. Mm. And a lot of artists see that a lot of young artists see that now. And they're like, Oh, I want that. Like I want that independent success. And I'm in a very unique position where I, I have that experience 15 years plus experience of being alongside that journey. Mm. And now I can apply it to help other people. Um, so that's, that's definitely part of it. And I think, um, the whole podcasting side of things is the whole another animal where I think, um, having like having these type of conversations, having these type of meaningful conversations, mm. I think does a lot of good, not just for ourselves, but for the people listening as well. Yeah. Cause it's so real and authentic. I agree. And that's missing in this day and age for sure. People are going on Instagram. They're trying to show off like their, yeah, their no. rented cars and but there's a, I'd say in the past five years, there's been kind of like a renaissance of, there has been. of authenticity and people having real conversations. You're so right. Yeah. Um, there's been an uprise and I feel like people yeah. are focusing on the negativity, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you made a movie Right. I did. Yeah. Back in um, 2016. Do you have any hopes, aspirations, or are you currently doing another one? Any, any, anything in that realm? Yeah. Oh, maybe? No, was, I think it was 20, 2018. Sorry. Was it, it was called like the, the, the Primrose. Primrose. Yep. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'll pay attention, uh, yeah. A little backstory. Uh, <laughs> 2017, like I didn't have a whole lot going on that year and I, I talk about it a lot, but that was kind of like a tough year for me because uh, Mike was going through like that brand change of going from Mike Stud to Mike. We weren't, mm-hmm. We weren't touring a whole lot um, in, you know, the end of 2017 into 2018. Like we weren't touring a bunch. Um, not a lot of music videos being shot. The podcast didn't exist yet. Only mm-hmm. Steve's didn't exist yet. Like I just didn't have anything, anything going on really. So I'm out wow. in LA and I'm waking up every day and I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Talk about purpose. I had no idea what the fuck my purpose was. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? Like I've, I went to school for filmmaking. I've always wanted to make a movie. I'm just going to write a script. Like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just going to write it. So like two, three months in the fall of 2017, wrote a script and it was semi-autobiographical and it was just, um, it was about, it was about a, um, a kid who just graduated college and got out of a serious relationship who got dumped and he found out through his older brother that he was a legacy to a secret party society that like lived on a college campus. Okay. And it's just like kind of like an animal house of like yeah. postgraduate delinquents that just like want to like live four more years in the party, yeah. like college lifestyle, <laughs> which it's pretty fitting, which we did for like 10 years. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, um, I, and it was, it was a very like uh, low budget film. I did a Kickstarter and crowdfunded it, raised about $30,000. Um, had, had a friend, um, my friend Mark, who's a very talented comedian out of New York city who did it with me. And uh, raised the $30,000, planned to shoot it around Boston. We had, uh, I think, 12 or 13 shooting days 
um, with 30 grand, which is like not a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I stretched the budget as much as I could and, uh, we got a movie out of it. That's sick. Yeah, and it was uh, it was cool. Like I to to this day, I watch it and I fucking grimace. Like it's, <laughs> I'm just proud of myself. Like I'm proud of all of us that we completed it. Sure. You know, like we actually went after a very like challenging task mm. of creating a feature film. Right. That was like an hour and a half, and we we did it. Mm. Um, but one of those other like memorable moments in my life was when we had the um, premiere of the movie in Boston, and you know we sold out a 300 person theater. And nice. I got to have like everyone that I know like in one room mm. and uh, that was like a beautiful moment. Surreal. Surreal moment. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm proud that I got to complete it. Uh, it's currently now on Amazon prime video. Yeah. Uh, you can oh, rent, yeah. rent it for like $2 if oh, you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, mind you, it was extremely low budget. <laughs> uh, it was my first whack at it, but I'm, right. I'm perpetually trying to work on the next one. And okay. I, I have like some story ideas down and I've kind of broke around on the new screenplay and stuff, but mm. it's, it kind of bums me out that it's been five years since the last one. So I'm really yeah. trying to, I, I think that's like another chapter of my life. That's not too far away, but yeah. Um, I've found that, you know, writing a screenplay is tough. Writing scenes, meaningful scenes with real characters that convey real feelings and emotions. Like, it's hard. If you're not, like, at a certain point in your life and you haven't had that much experience, it's hard to create that. Yeah. And you'll see that in my last movie where it's like, oh, this kid wasn't where... <laughs> he, he wasn't really <laughs> tapped in yet. So he he yeah. wasn't really making those scenes yet. A little bit, but not really. A lot really. of moving parts in that. It's not just, like, a music video. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You have to, like, literally be, like like a psychiatrist like you have to like really understand the human mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> to create scenes like that and create characters out of thin yeah. air and um, so were you like the director the producer like yeah the editor I, like? I, yeah i wore a lot of hats i cooked yeah. uh, it was the best learning experience in my life i learned more in that six month period than i did in four years of college mm. and because uh, i was just thrown right into it i wrote it i co-produced it with my friend sure uh yeah directed edited um did the musical scoring um the, the sound design, like, right. like found all the music for it, like you name it. All right. Yeah. So it was, it was a very great learning experience. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I want Fuck you it, to dude. tell the, the story of our first concert. <laughs> <sighs> all right. How old were you guys? Well, ever, uh, we were 20. 21. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah. I'm not holding back. We were 20 years old. We okay. fucking, uh, we wanted to go to a, uh, it was in Philly. We wanted to go, but we couldn't because we both had shit going on. So yeah. we road tripped 12 hours down in Atlanta. 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 At the masquerade? This, yep. Yeah. 20, I don't, I remember what month it was, but it was 2019. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That was a good tour. That was your first show? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great tour. That was fun. Mm, that man, was we fucking, <laughs> my step, my stepmother bought us uh, the hotel room for the weekend. And we get there. I don't know how the fuck we did it, but we ended up with a 30-pack of Bud Light and a handle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. And we're 20 years old. It's the Mike oh. Stud starter set. Yeah, man. And we're sitting there. We're in the hotel room. We're like, we're like all right, bro. Before we go, we're fucking pre-gaming. Yeah. Pre-gaming meant we were just Pounding. fucking annihilated, dude. Yeah. And when we're leaving, we have uh, we have two body armor bottles. <laughs> Fill them both up with a JD. Slugging it in the Uber yeah, on the way over. Yeah. We get there, we're just waiting in line because we had a uh, we had like the VIP, like the meet and greet or yep. whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're we're slowly working our way in, and we're like, "Yo, like we gotta fucking pee." Yeah. And I mean, and you remember where the masquerade was? It was just like it was just outdoor. There wasn't really much going on, but we're just standing outside. We're like, "Dude, we don't know where to go." Yeah. So we just leave the line. We're like, "Yo, will you guys hold our spot wherever the hell it was?" And we're just walking down all like these random businesses and. We're pulling on all these doors and they're all closed and we're like, fuck, like we have to go. Yep. So we're, we take a look around. 
we're in some random, we're like in front of some random business. Let it fly. Yeah. Did we yeah. both let it rip? <laughs> we we get back. Yeah. Ten minutes goes by. I have to pee again. Again? Again. <laughs> I dude when, when I drink, I, I have to pee like every twenty minutes. Yeah. It's it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh we're we're still in line. And I I'm like I'm like, Zach, I gotta pee. Bro. <laughs> he's he's like he's like, You fucking kidding. I'm like, dude, no, I, I'm like, I have to go. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And I just turn around to this random couple that's behind me. I'm like, yo. I'm like, if I go pee, will you guys cover me? Because I'm just fucking gone. They're like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. So yep. I, I fucking turn on the side of whatever the fuck, and I'm just pissing on bricks. Yeah. And there's just a stream of piss going down. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Dude, people are literally walking. Did, didn't piss. get cut or anything though, right? No. All right, good. I thought the story was going to end with you guys getting kicked out of the show because that no. was pretty common back then. No, it I'm gets. Sure. Uh, it actually, it actually gets better. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So we we keep going. We end up getting in. Um, he showed some random fucking ID that one of Mike's boys. Like, I don't know who it was. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Fader. Maybe. Yeah, but Fader I gave I, you I had ID. Some, yeah, I had some twenty-seven-year-old's ID, and I just showed him it. Looked and he was like totally him. fine with it. He was like, he was like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I don't get paid enough to do this, and I'm still underage. I just showed him my military ID oh, at the time, oh God. and he was like. All right, so we both get in, and we're we're getting served, looking whatever. Oh God! Mike comes out. He was doing backflips. I was actually at Mike's story, like doing a backflip. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> he was doing backflips. Um, show goes on, whatever. We're just having a great fucking time, <laughs> and at the end, um, I mean, we're just blasted. So we're friends with everybody. Yeah. And we're like, hey, man, we're asking like the security guard, we're like, yo, my man can do backflips. You gonna let him on stage. And out of nowhere, Mike was like, yeah, let him up. <laughs> so he gets on stage, uh, hammered, yeah. attempts to do a backflip and ends up smacking his face no, off the fucking yeah. stage. Did I get it on camera? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna check the we didn't get it on camera, though, Well, because it was yeah. such in the moment. Supposedly, it was supposed to be my job, so I, yeah. Should, yeah. I should have it. It was yeah, literally he, at the end of the concert. Like, all the songs yeah, were done. Yeah, it was at the very end. Was the crowd like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I actually I actually remember it. He got on stage. He was all pumped. He like pointed out to the crowd. He was like, uh-huh, shook his head, did the flip, and just whack. He smacked his face. I didn't see him smack his face. And he comes over to me. He's like, he's like, bro. He's like, am I missing teeth? <laughs> he's like, am I missing teeth, bro? I'm like, no, man, you're good. But he had like this super fat lip. Oh, like, man, bro. I'm I'm gonna check, I'm gonna find that footage dude, so we can make a sick. clip out of this. I, I hope I have it on camera. That'd be so sick. Yeah. Dude, it was so fucking funny, man. I, <laughs> Yeah, just I mean, it was a great story. Just from pissing outside twice, getting random people to cover yeah. me, you smacking your fucking face off stage, yeah. like, yeah, it was, just, dude, it was so much fun though. Yeah. I mean, those 100%. are the things you don't you don't trade it for anything, no, man. Definitely you know, not. and obviously the concert was freaking banging. So, <laughs> from what you remember, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, from what I remember, <laughs> we were like, we were, I remember, we were right up front, and I think Ernest actually performed. I think that was. That was I think Ernest? he was. I think he was called like Ernest K. Yeah, or something was. back then, yep. and he, oh, he like really? rapped. Then he rapped. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, I dapped up Ernest. No yeah, way, dude! I remember I dapped yeah. him up, and I was like, "Fuck Aaron!" <laughs> yeah, no, Mike put him on before he was anything. Yeah, that was so crazy. Yeah, man, that was yeah. oh man, that was so much fun though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking whole ride home the next day, we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was the last tour we like really like went balls to the wall. Like it was yeah. the final Mike Stud tour, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. I think, no, I, I think know. no, I think uh, you're right. But yeah, that was the last time we really like went after it. Crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, so much fun. Such a great experience. I mean, because mm. it didn't feel like 
in my opinion, just the the beginning and everything getting in, like it didn't feel like a normal concert. Like you're going no. to see, like it felt like you were just kind of just hanging out with the boys because you know you had like beer pong table set up. Yeah, and we were just fucking chilling. Mike came over, we played a game, we got fucking smoked. He was Dude, like, "You guys are ass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't make monk up. Yeah, it was bad. It was just so much fun though, man. And yeah, like like those are the things you just don't forget. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I remember it like it was yesterday, and it was I don't even know three fucking, three years ago. Yeah, three four years yeah. ago. Yeah, but man, Crazy. so so much fun. And then uh, we went to one what last year? Yeah, and uh, we didn't get that. Philly, right? Yeah, we didn't get that stupid, but we just thought good. It was still great. Man. Oh, it was a great time. So much fun. He started the Steve chant. Yeah, he started the Steve chant. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Came out. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, that show was at uh, what venue was that? Fillmore. Mm. Fillmore. Yep. Yeah. The Fillmore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's. I mean, that's been another pleasure. Is um, especially after 2019, we couldn't tour for three years because of COVID. Mm, two, yeah. three years. So, um, not like Mike changing his name. From Mike Stud to Mike, changing like his whole sound, putting out a new album. Yeah. Not touring for all that time and then going back on the road and like wondering like who the fuck's gonna show up. Like we have no idea. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then uh it ends up being our biggest tour ever. And you, yeah. you know, we, we come back at, with our like I think the first leg was like our top twelve markets and like we're playing mm-hmm. venues, all new venues that are way bigger than the previous ones and some like like the masquerade, for example, like the one you guys went to in twenty nineteen then was the small room. So like it was probably Three, four, five hundred people. There. Yeah, which was kind of cool though. Which it's is so great. Small yeah. that moment, and then like yeah. we, we come back there, you know, a few years later now, um, on the last tour, and we not only do the big room, but we do two nights in the big room. Mm. So like seeing that, it's like wow, we did like quadruple the tickets in this city, and then places like Dallas, where you know we did seven hundred tickets the last one, and we did oh, yeah. thirty five hundred tickets. Oh yeah, like you know again like quadruple. Right. Uh, we just go to all these markets, and we're doing like three, four, five times the amount of people. It's mm. like, we, and we don't even know if people are still going to come out, you know, right. <laughs> like they used to. So yeah. that was like so sick to see. That's and, so awesome. And especially being present in those moments at that point yeah. of like really being like, wow, this is, mm. this is really great. Well, I, I think like in my personal opinion, I think in, in those years where you couldn't tour and you know, you end up, you guys end up starting a podcast and yeah. everything. I feel like the fans like kind of grew up with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, I think that's probably how we felt. Well, point in mm-hmm. case, like you guys saying, you, you've been fans since middle school, right? And now we're yeah. sitting here as adults having an adult exactly, conversation. Yeah. Like that's that's it's it, that's amazing. Like yeah. like we did all grow up together. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a huge fanboy moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, we're all family, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're all, yeah, we we're are, all family. Steve's. Yeah, yeah. If we're out at a bar and someone says Steve, that's my family. Right. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Question for you: What is uh What does Blue do? Blue's the glue. That's what we always say. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. He brings the intangibles. <laughs> he yeah. wins pong games, bro. No, he brings the intangibles. Yeah, man. stuff yeah. you can't teach. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back, dude. I got a piss. All right, we'll, we'll take a piss break. All right, I, I can't we'll hold it break. anymore, dude. Yeah, yeah, get in there. Get in there. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, this is fun. You need anything? Uh, no, I'm great. Thank okay, you. cool. And gotta we gotta we gotta go over the fitness and diet routine, whatever. Yeah. From the past couple of years, because uh, like I said. The lifestyle that you lived, you're always in pretty good shape, dude. We kind we kind of all were, honestly. Yeah. No, oh yeah. yeah, it was it was actually it it when you look back on it, it's actually like really impressive <laughs> when yeah. you're taking down like four thousand excess calories in beer, right? <laughs> and you still just have like this six pack. Granted, yeah. there's certain things you can get away with when you're younger, but for sure, it still it still takes effort. Yeah, I no, mean, it was a mix of uh, it was a mix of like. Um, good genetics, first of all. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially like Mike and I, like, both come from good genetics, you know, like, just like, yeah, like, my mother's 70 now, and like, she still walks like five miles every morning and does like two workout classes after that every day. That's awesome. And like, 
probably more in shape than I am, honestly. Mm. <laughs> like the most energy I've ever seen in another human being. Oh yeah. And, uh, and like, yeah, both my parents are that way. They're just like very active, you know, for their age. And, um, I think I was just blessed with good genetics in that sense. Also, yeah, I was being young and it was about like off tour. We like really, well, me anyways, like I'll talk about myself. Like I was just really into the gym ever since I was 19 years old. Like yeah, it's been, you know, three to five days a week, every week since I was 19. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, just been that, a man. huge part of my life. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I started lifting when I was 13. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about myself too much to give you guess, but <laughs> you, you I did, squat I like did 500 I, pounds when he was like 15. Oh my God. I put yeah. up when I was 17, I put up 630 on the squat and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Humble brag. Yeah. I'm not going to brag, but it, and it's out there on Facebook. You just got to scroll down. Yeah. <laughs> the link's below. Yeah. That, that's it, man. We'll pull it up right now. Yeah. But no, I, I was always curious about that. Cause like I said, when I would watch Touring's Boring and shit, I'm like, I'm like, dude, how, I'm like, how are these guys not fat? Yeah. Like, I'm like, seriously. And then, you know, we got older and we did the same shit. Yeah. And we're like, all right, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. Like we were out on the road for five, six, seven weeks at a time. And like, oh, yeah. we weren't hitting the gym. <laughs> uh, we weren't yeah. hitting the gym those seven weeks. We're eating like shit. We're drinking like a fish and uh, mm. it just all went to shit. But off the road, like I paid pretty close attention and Mike is just like a natural born athlete and he's like a natural brick shit house. So he's just like, yeah, he's one of those annoying people that's always in good shape too. So I noticed that when, uh, when we met him at the meet and greet, he was like, at least to me, he was like abnormally broad. <laughs> yeah. That, then like, he's a big guy. Then he looks on camera. I was like, for sure. I was like, fuck, this guy's a house. Dude, <laughs> yeah. biggest fucking yeah. shoulders in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, the widest back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I used to call him Trapzilla back in the day. Uh, <laughs> nice. Trapzilla. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially when he was like 2011, like just fresh off the, the baseball scene. Like, the guy had traps up to his fucking ears. Like, it's, <laughs> fucking it's unbelievable. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't hear you, bro. My trap's in the way. And he, <laughs> make, he makes me look like a fucking. Like a little dude, because like I'm I'm just naturally a smaller guy. Like I weigh yeah. 160 pounds. I'm a small dude, and I'm you know normal height 510. So and, and then you have this guy. He's like he's like six two, like two thirty, just mm. yoked up. <laughs> I can't I can't be in pictures with the guy. It's ridiculous. Oh man, true. Yeah. That's funny as shit. Man. Yeah. What uh what is Mike like off the camera? Uh, he's the same. The same. Exactly. Yeah. These days, exactly the same. Yeah. Like I I think always, honestly, like we were always authentically ourselves. Yeah. Like I might me personally, I might have hammed it up a little more for the camera just because sure. like that's the type of guy I was back then. And but these days, especially like we are one hundred percent authentic mm. whether it's on camera, on stage, off stage, anywhere. It's like we are yeah. always exactly the same. How would you describe his personality? Today? Yeah. Um he's very like mentally free. Mm. And uh, he's very fortunate enough to not only do what he's supposed to be doing at a high level, but you look at where he's like living now. He's like off the coast of Malibu in the most like yeah. beautiful house and yeah. he's doing like cold plunges every day, going to the beach, like mm. really taking care of himself, reading books. Like he's literally on like the highest frequency, best vibe I've like ever seen another human being on. Sure. And like when you're at that state, like you're just, it's just a really like pleasant person to be around. Yeah. 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 I can imagine I can imagine <laughs> yeah. the vibes that, that come off. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. Probably yeah. contagious. You <laughs> yes. know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. He's on like a very peaceful vibe and uh you know, especially like with what he has going on, like it's not just his music career. Like he's mm. the most ambitious fucker I've ever met in my life. Mm. He's got the Stevenson Ranch, he's got all these side businesses, Chug Bud, only Steve's exactly. the podcast. Like it's it's literally nonstop. And uh he he manages all of it. Like he 
he, of course he has people that helps him manage it, but like he is the CEO of all Mm -hmm. of those things. And you know, it's, it's, it's no easy task to pay attention to all those things, especially these days with everything that happened within our business in the past year with him having to like really pay attention to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he does it. And it's very, um, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What is, what is your role in those businesses? Um, so I'm pretty much like, there's a lot of people that help with media, but I kind of manage a lot of the media and that's, um, that's the podcast. That's, um, anything made for social media or running the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course we have only Steve's, which I r- help run with him, which is like our, um, subscription based model okay. uh, on our new platform group. Um, and then, and then, yeah, there's a he, he doesn't have a manager. So like, there's a lot of day to day work that I help out with mm-hmm. that. Like we just don't have, cause right. he's, he's not signed. There's no office doing stuff for him. So yeah. there's a lot of like tedious things that, have to be done in the background, like getting songs ready for distribution, putting mm-hmm. them out on the platforms and making sure like there's album art and lyrics typed out. And like, there, it's just like this okay. laundry list of like little things that people don't think about that. Yeah. I kind of like, you're like almost like his branding guy. Sort of like yeah. a, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe what I do. Like I, right. you know, like it's, I try to just take a, I try to make sure my ego just takes a backseat and whatever he needs, I just do it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, it's always been that way. Sure. Yeah. Like a jack of all trades kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You name it, I'll do it, man. And any type of facilitator, like I'm, and especially yeah. like, I, I think he likes p- having people on his team that, um, have like a knack for learning or like an ability for learning and adapting. So like, oh yeah. Like if I, t- if he asked me to do something and I say, well, I don't know how to do that. That's not good enough for him. <laughs> it's like, figure it out. Bro. If you, yeah if, yeah. if you just figure it out and then you do it and then <laughs> like you, you gain that respect and then that's what yeah. makes you a part of the team. Mm. And like, that's what I've learned over the years. And that's like, you need people like that on your team who are like, yeah. are just ready to learn. Mm. Yeah. It really is that simple. Like just figure it out. Yeah. 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 Especially nowadays, dude, like when you brought yeah. up about, uh, like just YouTube, yeah. Like just just learn just anything, look, yeah. Just how to fucking, I don't know, <laughs> how, how to market. I don't like anything. <laughs> don't you know yeah. what I looked up on YouTube the other day because I'm a giant moron. Which uh, you know, like how um, those Pillsbury cinnamon buns like come in like that tube. Yeah, oh, how yeah. to open it? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I haven't opened one of those things in like 20 years, and I'm sitting there in my kitchen, and I'm just like banging it against shit. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, how the fuck do you open this thing? Go. Sure enough, YouTube. How do you open a Pillsbury? And, uh, and there's some. Like woman, like this, like idiot woman. Yeah. Not to not to shit on her, but yeah. <laughs> oh my she's God. she's making this video. It's like very like like not eccentric at all. She's like, okay, today I'm gonna teach you how to open a Pillsbury cinnamon donut. She's like, first you're gonna want to peel off the thing like this, and then you're gonna look for the crease, and then you want to bang it against there and twist it, and then it'll just pop right open, and then that's how you do it. And it has like sixty thousand views. Oh yeah. my God! <laughs> like she's she's monetizing that shit. Crazy. So she can buy more cinnamon yeah. rolls. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I could just see it now, just sitting there. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was just me. whacking that thing. Yeah. But there's a lesson there. Like, it, there's so much information, and that's just going to keep. I mean, we're on like the we're like the edge of a renaissance right now of information. Where like there's going to be chips in our head one day. We're like we're just going to know everything. <sighs> right mm-hmm. now, it's you know it's in our phones. I actually just saw that man. Like, uh, like El- have, Elon Musk right here. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk mm-hmm. just did. A, he just put the first Starlink thing in someone's head. Yeah. Like a, I don't a know week what I ago, think about maybe. that though. I, I would never do that. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen some tests online of like people being able to like type stuff out, but just by thinking it. Monkeys, yeah, I've seen monkeys do it. Oh, monkeys, yeah, really? yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I've seen it like people testing it on. I don't know. I think I saw it on TikTok or something. But like it was just like a guy like with a computer there, and he's just like looking at the screen and it's just like typing out his thought. <laughs> that is fucked. <laughs> I don't know, dude. man. It's crazy. Would you I don't put want a chip in your head. 
Uh, I, I say no. Yeah. I say no. But I mean, it's it's circumstantial, right? Like, what if the like you can't exist in the world without it? Like, what if the whole like our way of life depends on it? Like, yeah. then it's tough. Then what are you gonna do? I don't know. You would have to be seriously like self reliant. Yeah. I mean, like you would have to have serious skills if yeah. you're if if the world get if we're alive from when the world gets to that point. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, phones honestly aren't that much different. I mean, we have yeah. the ability to separate ourselves from it, even though they're highly addictive and we don't separate ourselves from it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, people can track us just as easily with our phones as they would with a chip on our head, you know? No, absolutely. True. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah the, the chip's just very permanent. <laughs> it's very, exactly. It's very permanent. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, me and Drew have a favorite song right now. It's uh, Sunfalls, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. We have a lyric that we want to kind of run. Oh, bro, here. you got you guys. Only <laughs> Steve's you know member. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. Right on, dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Only Steve's. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. Absolutely. Um, this you, was your idea, bro. Yeah. Leave me out of it. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's Abba Dang, but a dirty and a fanta. What does that mean? <laughs> Say that one more time. <laughs> Dabba Dang, but a dirty and a fanta. <laughs> it's in Sunfalls. You, I feel like it's kind you, of just a are mumble. You positive. That's what the lyric is. I'm not positive. Actually, because I, we don't have lyrics. I have it. I have it right here. I have yeah. approved lyric because like this is part of my job. Is I have to like. It's like our favorite line, bro. Like, <laughs> like when that line comes on, we scream. Is it, this uh? But is, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, play it, play it, play it. I'm oh, no, I got it right here. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Oh, you got it. I got it right here. All right. Um. <laughs> okay, I still don't know what this means. But he's saying Dapper Dan, but there's dirty in the Fanta. Yeah. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's Dapper Dan? And why is the fan a dirty? Anyway, anyway. since uh, we're on the Only Steve's topic, yeah. how did that whole concept of Only Steve's come about? Uh, this was another thing that I think it it might have been a little before quarantine, but like we really put the gas on it during quarantine just because there wasn't a lot going on. We couldn't do a lot of stuff and tour or anything. So um, it was kind of just like perfect timing where like Mike, I think Mike had like the initial uh, initial idea for it. Yeah, uh, No other musicians were doing that type of subscription-based community model. And, um, it was kind of popular in like the podcasting world on like Patreon, but yeah, that's about it. And, uh, there was a company that reached out to us actually around the same time. Um, Bravo. We, uh, yeah. Bravo, which was then Famigo. And, um, mm. we built on their platform for about two years, uh, yeah. kind of using that business model. And then, um, we, we got to a position where we kind of wanted to start our own platform because we were at the phase where, you know, Mike was the biggest artist, uh, using this platform and it was a very like we had the business model like sure. we, we had the proof of concept mm -hmm. we did it for two years yeah uh, we knew exactly how to you know monetize as a um independent artist how to monetize your top fans and create like a really meaningful community mm -hmm. and um we, we we connected with some business partners and uh we created grouped which um was our own platform and uh we we kind of broke ties with our, our last platform and we created this one and that was six months ago, and now there's, you know, like Bailey Zimmerman just launched on there. So like, oh, really? It's, no it's becoming yeah. like this whole thing. And uh, when we talk about purpose again, like, yeah. you know, me being in a position where I can help younger independent artists become independently successful, mm. um, this is one of those business models that, like, is proven to work. And it's become one of Mike's biggest revenue streams over the past three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, even including, like, music, you know, like, on spotify and dsps and stuff like that it's proven to be like almost as big as that if That's not big if not bigger um so it's it's just like this whole untapped business model and a lot of artists are starting to like hop on board um and i'm in a position where i got brought onto the company where you know, i i managed only steve's with mike so i 
you know, I'm kind of like an extension to him where I can now work with all these artists that want to come on the platform and show mm. them how they can become successful on it, Sick. doing what we did all yeah. those years. So that's just been really cool to see that company grow exponentially so fast. And, um, you know, there's so many huge artists hopping on board and it's just really, it's really cool to see, like, it's taking like a life of its own at this point. Dude, I fucking love it. I mean, especially now, like lately, um, it's been, it's been getting like a lot more like, personal in, yeah. a, in a way like yeah he, he's literally like help me like does, does this does this line suck does this be like i was just like yeah. we, we need feedback yeah. and like that i mean unless you fucking know somebody who magically did it before but no yeah. one's doing that no yeah. no no, no yeah. one really no, is and it's no like, fans yeah. are helping write an artist song you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and, or, and that's wild to think or about. feeling a part of it you know yeah yeah, yeah. and that's part of it that's how I feel. I'm. I'm like. That's like. That's really fucking cool, man. Yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what we're. That's that's what we're trying to teach. You know, new artists on the platform. Where like a lot of artists are very self conscious of their work and like they're very guarded on what they put out to the public. Yeah. When really, like, what fans really love is being a part of the process. And if you yeah. have the ability to like put out unfinished stuff or like yeah. stuff where you're just mumbling or mm -hmm. it's like super unfinished, sometimes Mike would just put out a voice memo of like him freestyling on a voice memo and yeah. say like, what do you think of this voice memo? Right. It's mostly mumbles. What do you think? Uh, like that's, that's the more meaningful stuff that like fans would be willing to, you know, pay a subscription for to like feel closer to you, yep. you know, and like feel a part of the process where like oh, you yeah. can write out comments and like they'll actually be taken under consideration, mm -hmm. uh, or just feeling like you're a part of like the, the journey of the music, you know, exactly. um, like that's, that stuff's really cool to me. And like a lot of artists, like, you know, I have to like, kind of like like jam it into their heads that like this is the stuff that fans love you know yeah like yeah of course it's not finished and it doesn't sound good yet like mm -hmm. but that's the point you know like right you get to bring fans along for the ride yeah what other artists are you working with um i've in town here i've been working with uh v wills who recently oh, had yeah? a song with mike nice. yeah, yeah. yeah victor um become very close with him and he's just like such a such a wonderful guy he's good man yeah he's good very very talented he's vibey he's, he's kind of like mike yeah, like yeah. The, there's very like I think it happens like every like three three years three four years like I find an artist that I get really psyched about yeah. that and obviously like it's been you know Mike and it's his entirety of his career, um, but then along the way like there have been some artists where like I come across and I'm just like man like there's something really special about them just mm. their ability to create music and like just the talent they have and their work sure. ethic and stuff like that so. Um, I want to say like around 2019, there was this artist, 44 Phantom, that I came across when he was, you know, 17 or 18 years mm -hmm. old. And uh, he was living in Washington State, I think, and he was working okay. in like a supermarket. Okay. And uh, he flew out a bunch, um, you know, over the years of 2019 and 2020. And like he came out to L.A. and, he, he, you know, he worked out of our studio and we made a lot of music together and mm -hmm. put his first EP together. And then he eventually went on to sign a record deal with Columbia and he had a very, you know, very great career and he's still still doing it. And um mm -hmm. So like he was one person I was really psyched to work with. And then now here in town, since I moved here, V Wills, um, I've gotten to work with him a bunch. And uh, it initially started with him coming over and podcasting with me. Okay. And yeah. he, he really looks up to Mike and he, you know, he, he likes Sick. Mike's uh, music a lot and wants a career kind of similar to his. So, you know, like I was saying, um, when young artists look up to Mike and saying, I want that career, mm -hmm. like it's, it's pretty logical to like, you know, <laughs> for me to kind of come on board and, and oh, help yeah. out because it's like I've you know I've got to see the journey and see how it works and exactly. like I can really add value there. So um yeah, it's been it's been great, you know, um connecting with him and being able to help out with his stuff and um he you know, just one of the most talented songwriters I've ever seen. Like mm. he's one of those guys that can just go in and make a song in forty minutes. <sighs> and it's it's you know, it's it's really 
It's, it's really wild. And it, he's young. He's, I think he's 26. Nice. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be fun watching his journey. Cause I mean, obviously sure. he still has a long way to go as you know, both a musician and a human, but, mm-hmm. um, just his like raw talent is just very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, are you, is Mike like signing artists? I know he kind of signs skis. Is he, is he going to be signing artists and then they're going to go on tour with him? Um, is that how it's working? I don't know. Like there was that, there was a brief stint like that with skis. Um, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't know if he wants to continue doing that. I mean, I, he just has so much going on and more stress, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I think it'd be an awesome thing to do. Um, maybe once he slows down with like the music making and stuff, like I, mm. I always want, like, I, I think I've spoken to him about it a little, um, because like it's something like I would really be interested in too, but mm-hmm. I think like our involvement in this company groups is kind of like facilitating that in a way. Yeah. Um, because you know, like we're, we're part of the platform and in a way, like it's sort of like signing ours, but not really like, yeah. you know, like we own a piece of the company. So it's like, if we bring artists on the platform and we help them succeed on there. It's almost like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a little more like, like pitch and hold to like just that. Yeah. But it's not necessarily their whole career. But yeah. I think it's a good first step. Yeah, Skis was dope. How did he come on board? Skis, uh, we I think we just met from him coming out to our parties in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, like we would, <laughs> man, we would throw... He's such the, a likable guy. He right? is. He's a very likable guy. Yeah. Uh, very social. Has a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, funny story. <clears throat> when we were on that, uh, when we were on our last tour, uh, I think Atlanta might have been our first, first show, that tour on our last tour. Mm-hmm. And like... I think it was after our first show or like a little hungover and skis and I were walking to like Chick-fil-A or something, trying to get something to eat sure. and, and we're just like not feeling great. And, uh, I think it was right after, um, man, I don't remember. Anyways, we were walking down the street and he gets a phone call and it's a FaceTime from Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? No like, way. He answers it and Travis is like, yo, skis last night was fucking crazy, dude. No <laughs> I'm like, what the hell were you doing last night? <laughs> But like, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, and you're, just, yeah. you're, you're just like, he, he's just like, a yeah, he is. He's a character. And uh, yeah, he used to just come out when he's living in LA. Uh, he used to just come out to our parties and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's just a fun guy to be around and uh, really beautiful voice. You know, he does. Yeah. yeah, Great singer. Around you is one of my favorites, bro. <clears throat> yeah. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah. we had known him for, for definitely a long time. Like, yeah. 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 I got a picture with him, man. You did. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he's not wearing a shirt, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blurry picture. He doesn't. Yeah. He still doesn't wear shirts. Fun fact about him: he doesn't wear uh, shoes either. He only wears sandals. Good for him. No man. one can. No one can find really? him wearing shoes. I saw him wear shoes in a picture once when he had to at a golf course because he likes to golf. Right. And he was forced to wear shoes, and like that's the only sighting of him wearing shoes. Uh, but yeah, back in that day, back in the day when we lived at the the ranch in L.A., like some legendary parties up there. He's an athletic guy too. Like he can, he can throw pretty well, right? <laughs> Self-proclaimed, yeah. but he is, he is like, he's like very above average in pretty much every Which sport. Which is interesting. Yeah. Like he just funny shit, but he'll, yeah. he'll be the first one to talk himself up like way more. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, he'll say he's way better than he actually is, but he is, I'll give him his credit. He's, he is good at sports. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're allowed to disclose, but like what's yeah. coming up with Mike as far as, you know, when is he releasing his new album? When is he going on tour? Is there anything you can disclose? From yeah, that? I think he spoke on it on a recent Instagram post. Yeah. So I, I think he uh, mentioned that the album is going to come sometime in April. Mm-hmm. And leading up to that, starting uh, pretty much March 1st, there's going to be a record every week. So like every Friday, nice. he's going to put out a single. Uh, the album's going to have over 30 songs, probably like around 35. Crazy. Holy <clears throat> fuck. I know. Yeah, he's, we're working on it. And it's crazy to think that The Highs came out 
three years ago, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, very wild. Like by the time this album comes out, it'll be almost yeah. three, four years. Wow. So uh, yeah, like huge body of work. Um, is it all gonna be like lows though, or is it kind of kind of be like a mix? Because um, even the highs it was kind of a mix too, like bar hopping. Yeah, it's kind of a bag song. <laughs> Probably how you interpret yeah. it. Well, yeah, when yeah, you think true. lows, like it's I don't think um they're not gonna be depressing songs. You yeah. know, uh, I think he said that the music's going to be lean a little more like on like the urban side, like mm. more like beats and okay. like, you know, just like a little like a little like swaggier, a little bouncier, like, sure. you know, like there's some pretty hard beats on there okay. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but like the messages are not dark at all. Okay. You know, a lot of it is like him and self-discovery and mm-hmm. more about navigating out of the lows versus being in them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Nice, bro. Yeah. Uh, how about touring? And then touring. Yeah. It's a, uh, we're going to tour off the album and um, I think he wants to change the way we tour because uh, you know, doing going on the road for six weeks at a time is like just mm-hmm. not, not great on our bodies <laughs> like it used to be. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to do like a city every weekend type of thing. Okay. And we'll do like a takeover in the city and do like, you know, SR pop up and maybe a live podcast, which I'm trying to get him to start doing, which sure. I think would be great. You know, yeah. Because it's that surprisingly live podcasts are very popular and more people show up to those shows than like I, think they would you know what i mean like really? you see yeah. like you see some bigger podcasts like sell out like 2000 person theaters and you're like oh mm. shit like this many people want to like go how does that work <laughs> does the audience get to collaborate with that like did they ask questions it's literally whatever you want it to be but it, yeah a lot of them like it's pretty collaborative okay. with the audience and like yeah. audiences will ask questions or come on stage or you'll mm. have special guests and sure. it'll be like but mostly yeah it'll just be talking on stage and like it's mm. it's pretty simple concept like no stage production and, like, yeah I, th- I think uh, we'd be surprised how many people would actually show up to something like that. Yeah. So I think it'd be fun to like go to a city for a weekend and like present this whole thing of like all these activities you can do outside of the show mm-hmm. and just uh, go in there for two days and then going back home. Yeah. So easy. You just show up and talk. Yeah. Like so, just be you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll tour um, and we're going to do less cities, bigger shows. So I'm excited for that. Nice. You know, so um, probably be like, I think he said like mid, mid summer into late summer, mm. just every weekend. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we'll fucking be there, man. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Yeah. yeah. We're, at least I'll fucking be there. Yeah. I'm not going to miss it. Um, I know, like you just said, it's been almost three full years since the highs came out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know there's definitely been some road bumps along the way. You and Mike have talked about it openly. Yeah. Um, we don't have to get too deep into it, but just mm-hmm. like how, just you personally on your side, how surprised or not surprised were you about the whole Foley incident. Um, yeah, I remember when Mike called me about it when I, before I even knew, and he told me he's like something really bad happened with someone did something really bad in our team, and he's like it'll surprise you, but but you won't be surprised. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, understand. Yeah. And um, you know, it this is not that like this whole thing is over; it's still ongoing. But like, for sure, we're trying to leave it, you know, in the past and move on. And yeah, uh, so I mean, I'm not going to sit here and badmouth or you know get too deep into it, sure. but. But yeah, you know, it was it was just one of those very unfortunate things where you know it's someone that Mike gave a chance and you know brought along since he was 16 years old and mm. gave, pretty much handed him the keys to the kingdom and uh, very much taken advantage of and yeah. uh, it was yeah. just it was very unfortunate to hear and uh, but at the end of the day, like these are the things that happen that in retrospect, like it needed to happen and uh, yeah, true because yeah. of it now things are you know getting even exponentially better and. You know, sometimes we need stuff like that in our lives to to mm-hmm. grow and to get better. So there's a huge life lesson there, and it was it sucks that it happened, but you know, we're all better for it. Yeah, and he was in charge of Stevenson Ranch, uh, among other things. But yeah, pretty much all the merch. 
All the merch. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, is there anything like upcoming with the merch stuff? Obviously, it's super cool. Obviously, Steven Ranch is like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's got this like crazy vibe to it. Yeah. No. It's it's really cool now. It's just now that like things are actually being run properly. Yeah. We brought a new guy on board. His name's Stags. He yeah. he moved out here a few months ago, so he's a good friend of mine out here, and um, the lead designer. Um, who, <laughs> just a crazy story, but like basically he, this kid used to be the ghost designer of Stevenson Ranch and Foley would take all the credit and not, mm. and not give him any recognition Damn. or pay him or anything. He, that kid is now our lead designer for Stevenson Ranch and he lives out here as well. Wow. He actually lives two, three doors down from yeah. me. So he's out here now too. And it's just, it's really cool to like now have it grounded here in Nashville and like sure. kind of make it a part of the culture here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause you are, I mean, you already see Stevenson Ranch hats all over town and it's a very recognizable brand here in town. Yeah. But now to have like the staff here and the people here and to like really get mm. like, you know, on the ground running and, and like starting to do, to do events out here. Yeah. There's a lot presence. of pro athletes wearing it too. I see. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Country artists, like you name it. Yeah. So yeah. Are you guys sponsoring anybody or is it just kind of all no, organic? No, dude. It's like when it comes to marketing, anything under like the mic brand has been 100% organic and mm. authentic. We don't pay like hardly anything for marketing. There's really no marketing. Mm. So everything is just word of mouth and off like the, just off the culture and like, I love that. Like people fuck with Mike so heavy, it's just yeah. such a likable guy. And, uh, he makes like a lot of like just wonderful connections with, mm. you know, other people and a lot of people like to support it. So that's, yeah. it's been very, very cool to see. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. What does a, what does keep going mean to you? I know that's like the, the Mike staple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I saw a quote recently from Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah, the actor Seth Rogen. Yeah. And he talks about, he puts it very plainly and I, I love how he says it said the only difference between the people who who make it and reach like high success and the people who don't is that the people who reach the high success just kept going they never quit it's uh, literally the only factor that's mm. the only difference is to keep going right that's it mm. there's literally no other factor that can differentiate the people who make it the people who don't the yeah people who, the people who quit it's literally just the ones who keep going exactly yeah yeah our logo has a mountain in it and like I always kind of I don't know if I said this to you before but uh like the the mountain of life it doesn't have an end no you know what I mean? It just yeah. keeps going up no matter. I mean, there's going to be some valleys in there, but at the end of the day, it just keeps going up. Yeah. And uh, that's what, that's kind of like the concept that I get, like just keep going no matter what. Yeah. But also there's another quote from uh, from Papa Steve where he said, don't lose your happiness on the pursuit for more. Ah, oh, that's such a good quote. Yeah. Which almost like not contradicts, but it's almost another thing that coincides with keep going because some people, they don't know when enough is enough mm. and they keep chasing more and more and more and more and more. So in that essence, the definition to keep going, not necessarily the right definition. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's because you, you also like, you don't want to just always be chasing something and not yeah. be present in the moment. So mm. yeah, there's a yeah. lot of conflicting ideologies here. Yeah. Success <laughs> without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. There you go. Mm. That's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You got anything else you want to hit? No, I just remember uh, when we were picking out the podcast logo. Yeah. You're like, yo, what do you think of these? And for whatever... For whatever reason, the, the mountain just resonated. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's really never, just like when we were picking out the name, there's just like a list of five names. We're just like, yeah, right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right, but why? I don't know. It just, <laughs> just feels right, man. Yeah. Intuition, and, man. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, a couple of years later, here we are. I don't even know how the fuck we got here. I think, <laughs> I think, I think I, I brought it up like jokingly. I'm like, yeah, man, like I want to do a podcast one day when I was like 19. And then we did it. Yeah. Good. Like three years later. Good. 
we're like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to do it. I'll never forget that first one we shot in your fucking apartment, bro. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. But that's, we, a, that's every podcast. Like our first podcast it yeah. was like super, like, <laughs> like, it was like we, we no production, even, shot on iPhones. Yeah. yeah we couldn't yeah. even speak. We looked at each other, looked at the camera and just started fucking laughing. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what do you, what do yeah. we do? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly, man. And here we are. It's like, like I said earlier, it's like a fanboy moment. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah it's great. To be, how long have you guys, like how many episodes deep are you? Uh, probably like 50 or so. 50. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. Man. Yeah. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Talk about yeah, keep bro. going. Like that's exactly, this is one of those things where like making a podcast isn't easy, you know, like, mm. you know, between the cameras and the audio and putting the episodes together and making the social clips. Like yeah. it's a lot of work for sure. You know? And I can't even imagine because like, I don't, I'm like, honestly, I'm technologically, I'm like, fuck, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. I barely know how to use an iPhone. Like yeah. he, he had to teach me how to airdrop. Yeah. And so like he, Full credit. Yeah. He does all everything else, but yeah, I remember. I remember, dude. He had the one camera at the time. Yeah, had, like those little yeah, cheap, those little cheap yeah. mics, and it was just like, all right, we're yeah. just gonna fucking send it and see what happens. Yeah, you know, amazing. Exactly, bro. And I think that's just kind of, I think it's just kind of how we just keep doing things. Exactly. We just fucking send it, dude. For sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to shout out as far as your brands or like how people can find you? Um, yeah, probably just most active on Instagram, just at yeah. at John Kilmer, but. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice, bro. Yeah. Sweet, bro. Well, it's been real. Yeah, dude. It's been a real, real pleasure having you here. Yeah, man. Thanks. Can't say it enough, man. Big fanboy moment. (laughs) This still doesn't feel real. Probably won't until I watch it over, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. And I know you probably have a bunch of other shit going on, but I really appreciate you coming out here. Iron Paradise. I'm going right after this. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Jack and Iron. That's (laughs) that's (laughs) on my agenda today. But no, thanks for having me. And um, I mean, dude, I live 15 minutes away, so happy to come through anytime. Awesome, man. Yeah, I I love this shit. Pleasure, man. Pleasure. All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Keep going, guys. All right.